hands together and glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. just that, but also in the house of God. Amen. We give honor to the bishop of this house, Bishop Wright, and also Pastor Wright. Thank God for leadership, the voices, and um, the work that God has called them to do. Amen. In this city, this region, in this world I believe that we're here in the perfect timing of God and um, I believe that sometimes we waste so much time that we don't really understand the value in the moment but if you could Take your mind off of the time you wasted and take your mind off the time that you feel may be in front of you in the future and set your focus on what God wants to do in this moment. I believe you won't have to wait till tomorrow to see deliverance. You can see it today. I don't believe you have to wait till tomorrow to get your healing. You can get it today. I don't think you have to wait till tomorrow to get your breakthrough. You can get it today. You can get it within the moment. So lift your hands towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, I pray, Lord God, that your will would be done in this house. I pray, Lord God, that there would be breakthrough, deliverance, healing, restoration, Lord, in this house. That there be an awakening, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that your will, Lord, would be done in our lives, Lord, tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you would break chains in this house. Lord, I pray, God, that we would respond to your will, the moving of your spirit, not our own, but yours. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, there'll be miracles that happen in this house. There'll be healing that happens in this house. I pray, Lord, that there would be an boldness, selflessness, Lord, that would move on your people. Lord God, that while they're waiting on you to meet a need, that they would be sensitive enough Lord God, to meet the need of people that are around them. That while they're meeting the needs of brothers and sisters, Lord, you're sending their supply to them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that your will be done. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and worship the Lord. to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. says in the fifth verse says by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I heard someone say years ago, you never miss a good thing till it's gone. Sometimes you don't realize what you have or what you have until what you had is gone. Many of us today understand what it is to lose. The traumatizing thing that can accompany loss or the thing with loss is that it can be traumatizing to the, to the individual that is suffering the great loss. Because oftentimes loss can come in a way that many of us would deem to be unexpected. I've seen where loss creeps up on people. There's some of you that have lost friends, lost loved ones, family members. And I would say that the loss of a person that's lost their parent is uniquely different than a parent losing their child. And a lot of it has to do with timing. 
But even still, there are still some things that it is challenging for the carnal mind to prepare for. So instead of God making people fully aware of what they will be facing in the near future, what he does is he desires to make them aware of his presence. Make them aware of his love. Make them aware that he is here. Because approaching seasons and places of loss is not something that you want to approach with fear. But it is something that you want to approach with the love of God. Fear brings torment. But love brings healing. It brings comfort. It brings peace. Brings deliverance. But then there are those that, for some reason or another, seem that they were invincible. There are those that feel like they don't have to live by the rules. Being a person that evangelizes all these years. I go to different places in the country. And I remember sitting with a preacher that was having heart issues, all kind of organ issues, blood issues, sickness should have been could have been his middle name. And it wasn't what I would say, a spirit that attacked him. But it was due to his appetite and due to his own negligence. You couldn't force him to eat any green vegetables. And because you couldn't force him to eat any green vegetables and it wasn't in his appetite, his condition got worse. And I can only imagine going to the doctor, him going to the doctor, and the doctor explaining to him the change that needs to occur in his life. But there are some times where even if you try to change, the effects of what you have done can't do anything for the condition of the state that you're in. And that's when you have an individual that stands up and says, I wish I knew then what I know now. Years ago we were at Because of the Times and T.F. Tenney made a statement. He said that if I would have known that I was going to live this long, he said, I would have taken better care of myself. But the thing is, is that even with that, 
there's some of us that don't realize what we had until what we had is gone. And now you are living with the effects of what should not have happened if you would have recognized what you had in the moment. I believe that as we are embarking on the end, a man must be aware of the time. The scripture says in the last days, he said in the end, knowledge would increase. There would be an awareness of Scripture, revelation that would come from the Word. Certain things that were sealed up during the time of Daniel would be revealed more and more in the end. And the Bible says, they that understand among the people will instruct many. Those that know their God would be strong and do exploits. But while there are those whose focus is for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, there will also be those whose focus is looking for the one who shall part the sky. I've come to tell you this morning that as people of God, our focus can't be on what the person sitting next to you is focused on. Your focus must be governed by what the Lord has put before you. See, we need an appetite for the things that God has placed before us. We need an appetite, and that appetite must increase as the days go by. Because what God is going to do will be based upon your ability to maintain the right appetite. Appetites can be a robbery. It was said years ago, that if a person smoked crack one time, that crack was enough to mess an individual up so much that they would immediately become addicted off of one hit. One taste. One moment can literally throw off an individual's life Forever. What the adversary does is he places things in front of you, hoping that those things would gain more of your attention than what the Lord has placed in front of you. See, the only thing that will be able to assist you in maintaining your focus on what the Lord 
has placed in front of you is that that thing must be in your heart. There has to be something in your heart for what God has for you. There has to be not just a loyalty to those things, but a loyalty to the God who gave you those things. For the scripture says that whatever a man thinketh in his heart, that's exactly what he is. Many of us don't know, will not know what we are until we stand before the throne of God. And in the end, the end will declare unto us who we actually were. Scripture says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. God is a God that is aware he knows our end from the beginning. But you've heard it said, the scripture says, in the last days many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, I did this, I did that, I did this and that. And then God will make them aware of something about themselves that they were not aware of. He said, flee from me, you that are worker of iniquity. I never knew you. How is it possible to go that long and not be aware that God knows you? Well, it's easy. Because God can be so good and God can be so faithful that a person can assume that the faithfulness of God is also the intimacy of God. That because he's faithful to you, he automatically knows you. But God does not have to know you to be faithful. For he was true and faithful before you ever existed. God is hoping that we would use the faithfulness of God to our advantage and not to our disadvantage. But nevertheless, you get a man that stands before God in that last day and they're trying to figure out how did they get to this point. There are those that refuse to pursue the throne of grace. I've come to tell you that there's going to be two thrones. There are two thrones. And... God will occupy two different thrones. There's a throne for this time. 
And there's another throne for the time to come. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you would obtain mercy. Can I tell you this day that God has a throne that grace occupies? And if an individual is going to obtain mercy, He's got to learn to approach that throne. It cannot be just you desiring for the one that is on the throne to come down in your midst. But when it's over with and done, God doesn't just want to come and be in the midst of you. He desires for you to come and be in the midst of him, he desires for you to approach his throne. Because it's at the throne of grace that one is able to find mercy from God. The Bible declares that at the white throne judgment, grace will not be occupying that if an individual refuses to receive, refuses to come before the throne of grace, which is optional, then an individual will come before the white throne judgment. And that's not optional. For the one that chose the option of coming before the great, for the, before the throne of grace, will not have to stand before that white throne. Can I talk to somebody in this room? That the throne that you can come to now comes with hope, comes with peace, comes with deliverance, comes with restoration, comes with healing, comes with breakthrough, comes with power, comes with strength, comes with favor. But the throne that is on the other side, there is no hope. There is no one that you can petition to deliver you. See, that throne right there comes with mediation. The other throne comes with judgment. For if you rejected the mediator, then the only thing that you have on this side is your own representation. Is there somebody in this room that you know what it feels like to miss a moment but not know that you've missed that moment until you find yourself in a whole nother season and you found that there was a previous season that you could have done something that could have redirected and altered where you're at but now you're living in a season that not a season that the devil put on you but a season that you sold yourself into what do you mean how many of you in this room knows what it is like to reap what you have sold. We don't realize 
what you got to what you got is gone. So, so sometimes God is, is faithful and he's always faithful. But sometimes because of the faithfulness of God, not because, well, because God is faithful and not mixing his faithfulness with our faith and dying out to self and laying aside and departing from iniquity because we're refusing to actually take on the heart that he is desired. What do I mean? The Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. Because we're not taking on the character, the attitude, the spirit, the mindset that God is desiring and requesting out of us. We find ourselves in a place where we actually miss what can come in a moment. The Bible says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed. However, how do you expect to have faith in the moment of transformation in the end? And you don't have faith in the moment of now. If God can't transform you now, how will he transform you later? For if an individual gets up out of the grave on the day of the rapture, they'll get up out of the grave by way of faith. If your faith can't make, if you don't have faith to walk with him in the moment, you won't have faith to be transformed in the moment. The Bible says, howsoever a tree falls, that's how it lays. That means... That if we die, we must die in the faith. Not just die believing Acts 2.38. Not just die believing that there is one God. Not just die believing that the essentials of salvation is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking with tongues. But after you have gotten something by faith, you've got to walk by faith. You've got to live by faith. You can't live by sight. You've got to live. The just shall live by her faith. That means... That if I'm breathing moment by moment and my body is, the blood is flowing moment by moment, then I should be living by faith moment by moment. Come on church, we cannot be like the person that's on the CPAP machine that whose who's, who's breathing shuts down for moments at a time while they're sleeping or, or, or while they're on their CPAP machine. Praise God, or if they're not on their CPAP machine, they're, they're no longer breathing for, for sometimes somebody stops breathing 50 to 60 times within an hour. But you got to understand that when you're walking by faith, you're walking by faith, moment by moment, hour by hour, 
hour, minute by minute, second by second, that if the Lord was to speak to you and say thus and thus, and God was to direct you and say go do this and that, you're immediately available to do exactly what he told you to do. Why? Because you're not living by your own passions. You're not living by your own desires. You're not living by your own will. You're not living to fulfill your own fantasy, but you're living to fulfill the perfect will and the plan of God. You're not living for your pleasure. You're living for his pleasure. And because you're living for his pleasure, when he comes and he demands something by faith, you don't miss the moment. Why? Because you're not walking by your own pleasure, but you're walking by the pleasure of God, which is faith. Selfishness is a faith killer. Selfishness is a faith killer. It'll kill your faith every time. Because even if you do ask, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Because when you ask, he said, you ask amiss that you would obtain it upon your own lust. It's all about self. You, you desire it for self. Scripture says, love thinks not of the things of self, but of the things of others. It's patient, it's kind, it's not self-seeking. It's not self-centered. It doesn't boast in self. It seeks not its own. And Jesus made a statement. He said, by this men shall know that you're my disciples, for you would have love one to another. So that, that means we wouldn't sacrifice each other to get what we want. But we're willing to sacrifice what we want to get each other. The scripture says, by faith, Enoch was translated. That he should not see death. And the Bible says, and was found, was not found. Because God translated him. Enoch's motive was not to be translated. Enoch's motive was not to be translated. He, he was not beginning a relationship with God to be translated. His desire was just simply to please God. Selfishness is centered around pleasing self. Selflessness 
is centered around pleasing God. And the Lord translated Enoch because Enoch was not selfish, but he was selfless. He would rather esteem pleasing God above pleasing self. You ever had someone try to force a gift upon you? You ever had someone, you know, there are some things that I know that my wife likes and then there are some things that I know she does not like. I know her favorite perfume and I know the perfume that she hates. But if I'm going to please her, I'm not going to please her by going and buying her white diamond perfume. She hates it. No matter how much my stepmother loved it, my wife hates it. And when you're trying to please someone, you're not forcing them to receive what satisfies you. But sometimes you are forcing yourself to give, which not only may not satisfy you, but may also cost you. Enoch, the Bible says, was translated. That means he disappeared. He, he was here one minute. He was gone the next minute. God took him from one place and took him to another place. And the Bible says he was seen no more. All because he pleased God. You say, well, Brother Hurt, there's some things that are in my life that I need gone. There's some things about me that I need removed out of my life. There's some things that I am struggling with. There's some things that I'm facing that, that I need to be gone. I need them completely removed. I need them annihilated. If you're going to do that, discipline alone is not going to do that. If faith was able to translate Enoch and make a person that was here one minute gone the next minute, then how much more could happen if you walk with God by faith? What things would begin to leave your heart? What things would begin to leave your mind? What things would begin to leave your spirit?
Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And this is a challenge that we have to deal with with selfishness. Because selfishness doesn't like the substance that faith comes from. See, there are many of us, we don't like to be in a position of hope. We like to be in a position of control. We don't want faith. We don't want hope. We want control. Why? Because usually when an individual hopes, they hope for something that they don't currently have. For if you had it, why would you hope for it? But when you recognize that there is something that you don't have, we don't want God to take from the substance of faith and uh, from the Bible says that faith is the substance of things whole. We don't want that. You've given me power. You've given me the Holy Ghost. Don't you just let me snap my fingers and it happens. But God is saying, I don't want to give you control. I want to give, I want, I don't want to give you control. I want to give you relationship. I don't want to give you control. I want to give you intimacy. I want to give you power. I don't want to give you control. And some of us want control more than we want power. To the point where if the control, if God doesn't give you the control you want, then you're wrestling with with this thing called hope. And the reason why is because hope always puts, faith will always put you in a position of need. No matter how far you are in your relationship with God, no matter how much faith you have, you're always are going to be in a position of need. Why? Because if there's hope, there's a need. And God says the just shall live by her faith. That means if the just shall live by her faith, then the just will always live with the need. And when you come out of iniquity, you come out of the place where you're trying to meet your own needs and now you're desiring to meet the Lord's needs. But when we're walking by trying to fulfill our own agendas and our own pleasures and our own desires, we will sacrifice what the Lord pleasures for our own pleasure. Well, the Lord said, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom you don't have to satisfy yourself he said I'll satisfy you anytime an individual is satisfying themselves that's perversion amen somebody I don't need to go plainer do I Somebody said, break it down. I can't break it too far. <laughs> Make it plain, preacher. Make it down. No. <laughs> 
But if you're satisfying yourself, you're in perversion. And some of us in this room, you say, well, preacher, I'm battling with the gratification and the satisfying of self. I don't have addiction to somebody else. I got addiction to myself. Well, if you desire to come out of the spirit of perversion, come out of iniquity. Live to satisfy God instead of living to satisfy. If you live to satisfy God, you will take pleasure in worshiping God. You will take pleasure in glorifying God. You will take pleasure in magnifying God. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. He said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Enoch was translated. But the thing is, Sister Wright, he wasn't just, he wasn't translated from Maryland and just moved to Virginia. His translation was not like what happened to Philip. You know, I think that there's some dimensions that we saw in the book of Acts. We'll see later on as we continue to walk by faith. Because if you can walk by faith, you can fly by faith. If you can walk by faith, you can be translated by faith. Enoch didn't see death. Philip did. Philip was in one place, and then the next thing you know, he's in a whole other location. Enoch was in this realm and was sent to another realm. And bypass death. But he had to be content with God meeting the need. See, the reason why I say that some of us don't like being in the place of need. We like being in the place of control. It's kind of like it's kind of like the the wife or the woman that was independent before she got married. Had her own business, had her own career, 
had everything going for herself. And then she marries someone. Well, she marries a guy. The guy, you know, he ends up being the breadwinner. And this woman that was able to come and do whatever she goes, now he's like, hey, we're, we're not going to buy this this week. And maybe her spending habits and maybe her spending routine was uniquely different before she got married now than what it is now that she is married. They've got a family. They've got responsibilities. They've got bills. They've got a lot of things that are on their, t- on their, on their plate that causes the man to have to stand up and say, all right, we're going to do this and that and this. That if the wife at one time, if she decided she was going to get up and leave out at 10 o'clock at night to just go to Kentucky or go to Florida, New York, Philadelphia, she didn't have to call and ask anybody no permission. But now she's in a place because of the relationship. The relationship demands accountability. That if she starts getting dressed at about 10 o'clock at night and she's gathering her purse, the husband has a, is more than likely going to say, oh, where are you going? No, first of all, he's going to be like, you all right? Everything good? You good? Yeah. What's up? What's going on? The reason why is because there's an accountability that's there. That husband is our head. That husband provides something for her. She needs her covering. God did not put a covering on Adam for Adam to go back later on to cover himself. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. If God says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen and hope is there because I have lack. And God says that without faith it is impossible to please you, please me. Then that means that God is pleased by our position of need. And, and this is where the conflict lies when it comes down to selfishness. Why? Because selfishness doesn't want to be in a position of need. But now it's conflicting with the way God thinks and the way that we think. Why? Because we feel like the position of need makes us vulnerable, makes us weak, makes us struggle, makes us this. And God is like, that's exactly the way that I want you. Why? Because if you're anything outside of that, you're thinking 
more highly of yourself than what you should. I did not create you to be your own God. I created you that I would be your God. I did not create you for you to supply your own needs. I created you that I would supply your needs. He said, I am your deliverer. You're not your deliverer. I am your healer. You're not your healer. So God will allow you to be in positions of need so that you're in constant intimacy and relationship with God. But when you learn how to use other things, this is the reason why the Bible says how he spoke concerning the rich young ruler. That rich man said, Master, good master, what good deed can I do that I may obtain eternal life? Lord gives him the rundown, and next thing you know, dude was like, yeah, I got that. Pay my tithes, I pay my tithes. You know, I don't smoke reefer, you know. They probably didn't have reefer. They probably had some other stuff back then, but they, I didn't do this. He, he, I, I'm, I'm clean. I'm, I come out a good sanctified home, and the Lord's like, all right, that's good. He said, but this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to take what you have and sell it. Not, not just sell it. <laughs> he didn't say give it to the poor. He said sell what you got. That, that means this man understood trade and commerce. This man understood the benefit that came by sowing and reaping. But the thing was he sold for his own benefit. That he would reap for his own benefit. Now the Lord is like, I want you to take what you got and I want you to sow for the benefit of somebody else. And I don't want you to reap it. I want you to sow it so that somebody else can benefit when they reap it. And the Lord says, after you do that, he said, then come follow me. This man took pleasure and this man took his, took pleasure in supplying his own needs. He felt like if he could create a good enough comfort zone, the only thing he would need is eternal life. He don't need God. But God says, I don't want to just give you eternal life without me. He said, I want to give you eternal life with me. He said, I am the door. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. He said, I am the life. He said, you can't come any other kind of way. He said, if you try to come any kind of way, he said, you're a thief and you are a robber. Can I tell somebody this morning and let you know that you've got to come by way of faith? And that means you've got to be comfortable with being in a place of need, knowing and being comfortable that God, it is all right for you to supply all of my needs. Well, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Because if you get enough money, you don't need faith. Because we can use money, in which the scripture says, it answereth all things. We can use money as a replacement for faith. That what I used to, the, 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 I, I, I now... That whenever I'm in a place of need, my money can answer that. 
Whenever I'm sick in my body, I've got money to fix that. Whenever I need a door to open, I got money to take care of that. If I need my child promoted on the job, I got enough money, praise the Lord, to, to, to pay off somebody to get that promotion that they need on the job. But can I talk to somebody tonight, this morning to let you know that God said, uh, if you're going to live justly, he said, you got to live by faith. Uh, he said, you're saved by grace through faith, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. Saved by grace through faith. And I'm not walking by faith. See, some of us want to be saved by grace with no faith. But we're saved by grace through faith. Faith is that vehicle that grace uses to save you. Grace is God's responsibility. Faith is yours. Grace is what God does for you. Faith is what you do for God. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. How shall you hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? This season that I'm in is a season that requires me to maintain hope. If you're not hoping, you're dying. But God says, if you will just keep the faith, if you will just endure to the end, he said, what it is, is that you're now saying, you know what, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I am persuaded and I'm convinced that you are exactly who you say that you are. Faith was what Enoch used to please God. Say, what preacher? I've got all kind of stuff going on right now. There's some of you this morning, you came here because you've got needs. And there's nothing wrong with that. You hear somebody say, well, 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 you know, I don't need, I don't want God, he ain't got to do nothing else for me. He's done enough. No. It's in him we live and move and have our being. No, I need him to keep doing what he's doing. I need him to keep doing it over here. And when we get to the other side, I need him to keep doing what he got to do over there. I never want to be in a place where I don't need God. It's like your kids looking at you kind of. Kind of side eye. You just be like, all right, you know, you're going to need me before I need you. One time I asked my, my son for a bag of chips, some, some of his chips. The young man got an attitude. 
because he paid for it. I said, oh, okay. So he paid for them trips, sister, right? So I was like, okay. No problem. So that's how we do it. He's like, yeah, you know, I want you eating up all my chips. If you would have asked for me chips, I would have given you the. <laughs> Jesus goes to the woman at the well, and he's like, can you give me something to drink? She didn't want to give him a cup of water. And he was like, if you would have asked me something, I would have given you that living water. I gave my son, I told him, I said, all right. Next thing you know about it, it don't take long. About an hour later, he knock, he, I, I hear him going downstairs. I know where he's going. If he's going outside, he's going to go to the pantry or the refrigerator. If he, if he goes to take out the trash, he's going to go look in the pantry. He's going to look in the refrigerator. Whenever he goes downstairs, he's going to the kitchen first. I got cameras up all over the place because I travel all the time. So when I home, I looked on the camera and he was in the pantry like looking. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, the camera went, Shh. what you doing? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> you hungry? Uh, yeah. But you're going to get some chips. <laughs> That's going to be $1.75. <laughs> for the bag? No, for a bowl. <laughs> See, you pay more. When you refuse to give. You pay more when you refuse to give more. There's some of you in this room right now that the Lord said, I will give you more than what you can give if you are willing to give what I'm telling you to give. And that is your faith. So I am putting you in a position of need. And I need you to be humble. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I am putting you in a position of need. And there's some of you in this room that you can't get your need met because you're too proud to be in the position that you're in right now. I should be beyond this. I shouldn't have to come to God for this. I did this for myself. No, God will let you stay there. And, and what, what, but, but what God is wanting to do, he's wanting to, you, you know, humble yourself where you're content and saying, he's my God. He's the lover of my soul. He's my keeper. He's my healer. 
He's my deliverer. And yes, I have a need. But he supplies them. It's kind of like the lady. You ever met the sister that ain't never going to be married? I ain't talking about because there's just zero selection of men. I'm talking about just God ain't going to present her to nobody. You know, you know the kind I'm talking about. I'm not, and I ain't taking those shots at the single sisters in here. But but sometimes you have that in Pentecost. You'll see sisters. They just ain't never going to be married. It will never happen in this day. Only one they're going to marry is the Lord. And the reason why, unless they change their attitude, and the reason why is that, for instance, you see, I hear the husband, but hey, babe, we got to get ready to go. Come on, we got to go. <clears throat> why are you talking to you like that? See, that's why, you know, be like, you know, sister so-and-so just got married and she's working this six-figure job somewhere. And the husband's a manager. He he working at Office Max. Mm, he, he don't make enough of me. Pride. And the issue is, uh, is that you like to be in control. Because it's not about his identity, it's about yours. See, the thing is, if you're willing to relinquish control, you've got to be willing to relinquish selfishness. But you've got to get outside of your identity and be comfortable with what he is molding you to be. So if God allows a need to be there for a season of time, it's because God is molding something in your character. He's wanting to produce fruit more than he's wanting to produce a miracle. What happens when God demands fruit before he demands miracle? He said, I'm wanting, he said, what you're asking for, what you're desiring of me, he said, I'm willing to do it. He said, I want to do it. He said, and I'm going to do it. He said, but, but I need you to be content with where you're at right now. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. You've got to be content when other people demand an answer for what's going on. When people begin to say, where is your God? Where is your Lord? I thought you had faith. I thought God was with you. You should be able to do this. You should be able to do that. Sometimes you need to be comfortable and say, you know what? Even though he's my God, even though he's my king, I don't know all of what he's got up his sleeve. I don't know what he's got going on. Listen, I'm submitted to him. Are you, 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 you submitted to him? Yeah. But I'm also comfortable with his rulership in my life. Why? Because I know that he loves me. He's not a selfless, he's not a selfish God. He's a loving God. The Bible says that God is love. 
What do you mean? I know that I can trust him. I know that I can believe him. I know that I can put my hope and my faith and my confidence in him. I am comfortable with having a need from him because if he doesn't supply the need at this moment, I do know that he will not remove himself from me because of the need that I have. There are some of you that you've lost relationships because you got sick or you lost marriages because something happened in your life and the person that was supposed to be there they bailed out on you because of the need but God said even though you have a need right now I may not make the need happen in your life right now he said but I promise I'll never leave you I promise I'll never forsake you when you're in the trenches I'll be in the trenches with you when you're in the valley he said I'll be in the valley with you when you're in the struggle I'll be in the struggle with you when you're going to the doctor I'll be there in the doctor's room with you when you're going to chemo I'll be there right next to the machine with you he said I'll never leave you he said I'll never forsake you he said a thousand will fall at thy side ten thousand will fall at thy right hand but it will not come nigh unto thee somebody in this room Open up your mouth and glorify the Lord. Come on. Lift your hands. God wants you to value the supplier more than you value the supply. God wants you to worship the supplier, not the supply. He does not want the supply to be the replacement for the supplier. Adam and Eve, they betrayed the supplier for the supply because they didn't know how to say no. Enoch was translated. He did not see that he did not see death. But the Bible says before his translation, he had this testimony. He pleased God. His whole desire was not to be translated. His whole desire was to please God. I just want to please you, God. And the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Enoch purely had a heart that just wanted to please God. At the end of the day, 
He wanted to please God. Lord, help us to have a pure heart. Create in us a clean heart. And renew in us a right spirit. Bible says by faith Enoch, Abel was it? It said by faith it said that Abel offered up to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Abel supplied God what he wanted. By faith, his desire was to please God. If our desire will be to please God, God will direct your step. I just want to please you. Listen, you'll miss the rapture by trying to be translated. But you won't miss God if your focus is to please him. He said, if you'll draw nigh unto me, he said, I'll draw nigh unto you. He said, you'll find me after you have searched for me with all of your heart. If Cain would have had faith, he would have brought God a more acceptable sacrifice. But the reason why Cain didn't bring God a more acceptable sacrifice. That's because he was more concerned about presenting an offering than he was desiring to please God. He was content with his giving, but he wasn't content with pleasing God. And when we are only content with what we give and not content with what he's pleased by, what do you mean? I gave him the offering this morning. Was God pleased? Or was it, were you content with it? Were you satisfied with it? Did you give it in faith? Or did you give it out of obligation? Lift your hands. How many of you have ever been under the knife before? Been in surgery before? Every time, I don't say every time, I've only been under the knife once. But I go under the knife all the time when I hear preaching. Every time I fly, Every time I go out of town, but most definitely every time I fly, and the time I went under the knife, I was like, Lord Jesus, 
Lord, if there's anything in me, Lord, take it out of me, Lord. Save me, deliver me. <laughs> what do you call those drug dealing doctors and anesthesiologists? It puts you out. You're like, man, we got that good stuff. <laughs> Anesthesiologists, before they inject you, you know, I'm over there praying. I'm like, Lord, God, just keep me. Anything about me, Lord, that's all, forgive me. I want nothing but you. When you are, when surgery is being done, there comes that point of complete surrenderance. And before they fix the issue that is in your body, generally, you go to God and you let him fix any issue that may be in your soul. Because you're not sure what can happen between the opportunity to get your soul right and receiving the miracle. And the Lord is like, just like the person that's getting ready to go under the knife, and you're like, man, my soul is more important than this condition that's in my body. God says your soul is more important to him than whatever need that you have. And he said if, you'll, if you will put, take care of what I want taken care of first, I'll take care of that next. <clears throat> what if I told you that what you came here for, it's in the will of God to do it. What if I told you that that thing that you're dealing with, it's in the will of God. God's going to touch that. But God's like, I want you to. I want, I want, I want, I want your, I want you to be whole. I want to make you whole. I want to deal with your inner man. I want to deal with your spirit. I want to deal with your countenance, I want to deal with your character, I want to deal with your fruit, I want to deal with your attitude, I want to deal with all that. And if you will come and you will repent, not to get the miracle. David was a man after God's own heart. His desire was to please God. If you would leave here, if you would come with the attitude, Lord, I just want to please you. And not just say, I want to please you. But be selfless. And then please him by faith. I'm doing this not to gain something. I'm doing this because I know this wants to please you. Give me a heart that wants to please you. And if you'll do that, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Maybe 
where you're at right now. What would please God is if you would repent. Not just trying to miss the wrath of God. No, I, I want to please God. I'm a, maybe you got to repent. Maybe you're the individual that maybe you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. See, if you're going to please him, you're not going to put it off. And say, well, I'm going to do it some other time. No, I'm going to do it why? right now. Why? When does he want it done? Now, okay, I'm going to do it. Why? Because that's what's going to please him. I want I want to please God. I want to please him. And church, can I tell you that, that, that if you will come with that mentality, that spirit of humility, there are going to be things that you and your family that's been blocking some stuff that you're going to see literally begin to overtake you. And you'll be able to handle it. You know why? Because your heart is in the right place. That when the blessing comes, you're not going to serve the blessing. You're going to serve the blesser. You should lift your hands, stand to your feet. It would please God for us to repent of all selfishness. It would please him, hallelujah, for us to relinquish unto God what he desires. It would please him for us to recognize our need for him. That no matter how spiritual we feel like we are, we need him today. Oh, God. Jesus, God, deliver our hearts, Lord. Save someone's soul, God. Cause pure repentance, Lord God, to sweep through this room, Lord. Not routine, but repentance that pleases you, God. Help our next step to be a step that's going to please you, Lord. Lord, let us move to please you, Lord. Help us to make faith moves, Lord God. Help us to make faith prayers. Help us to surrender in faith. Help us to repent in faith. Help us to deny in faith, Lord. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, deliver us, God. We want to please you, Lord. Without faith, it's impossible to do it, God. Lord, help us to surrender. Lord, help us to please you more than we please the audience. 
Help us to please you more than please the people that are on the pew next to us, Lord. Help us to respond to you, not waiting for others to respond before we respond. Help us to please you in a way that, that if you're telling me to do something that maybe others aren't doing, I don't yield to what others aren't doing or are doing and reject pleasing you, the one that is calling me to do what's telling me to do, Lord, tonight. Wash me, God. Cleanse us, Lord. Purge us, Lord, from all unrighteousness, Lord. Deliver us, Lord, from all self-righteousness. Come on, if you need to be saved, if you need your sins washed away, we got water, we got clothes. God will baptize you today. He'll take away all your sins. Come on, you don't have to leave here like you came. Come on, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, God will fill you with this spirit. If your desire is, Lord, I just want to please you, God. I want to please you, Lord. Come on, you can walk with God if your desire is to please him. But you're going to have a hard time walking with God if your desire is just to please yourself. Come on, church. Come on. Some of you right now, God is unlocking some things in your relationship with God. And he has exposed to you where the struggle lies and why some things have been held up. But things that have been held up can be released this day in this moment. If you would surrender to God what he desires out of you, come on, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, there, there, there are people in this room right now. Come on. Maybe your surrender is to God. You need to obey the Holy Ghost. Maybe, maybe you have come to a point within your ministry that you're comfortable with, and you don't want to step outside of that because you're fearful a failure, you're fearful of what other people think, you're fearful of this, you're fearful of that. Fear makes you focus on self. Fear is loaded with selfishness. Come on, but today, you're getting ready to lay aside the fear. Why? Because I want to please God. Come on, perfect love cast out fear. Come on, church. Oh, God. I want to please you. I'm going to do good to my neighbor. I'm going to love my neighbor because I love you. And I love you because you first loved me. Come on. This is what's going to protect us from the end time spirit where it says that men shall be ungrateful, unthankful, lovers of pleasure, lovers of self more than lovers of God. Come on, church. We're, we are escaping that. God is going to cause us to escape that if, if we will please him. Come on, we will escape the spirits that are in these end times. Like Lot was able to escape Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because he walked with God. Come on, the, the only way that you're going to escape the spirits that are spoken about in the book of Timothy concerning these last days, perilous times will come. So do, the way you're going to escape that is you've got to walk with God by faith. Come on, your desire must be to please God at the end of the day, at the end of every decision, at the beginning of every decision. The decision and the motive must be, I want to please God. When you wake up, I want to please God. 
I go to bed. I want to please God. Come on. When I go to work, I want to please God. When I come to the altar, I want to please God. When I give, I want to please God. When I love, I want to please God. When I interact with one another, I want to please God. How I interact with my children, I want to please God. How I interact with my wife, I want to please God. The, the choices, the words, the decisions that we make, they must be pleasing in his sight. Come on. If he can trust you with his pleasure, praise the Lord. If he can trust you by with, with your faith, if, if you will be faithful and, and, and your faith and will not depart from the faith, then there's some things that he's going to add to you and he won't have any 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 reserve in wondering if you're going to turn against him or not. Why? Because you've been a good steward over what belongs to him. You've been a good steward over pleasing him. Come on. Enoch was such a good steward that God translated him. Come on, there's some of you in this room right now that you may not be here next year. There's some of us that may not be here by the end of this year. We, we don't know what can happen, praise the Lord. But, but our desire alone should not be that we just want to make heaven. No, we want to please God. Come on, when man fell from heaven, when man fell from his relationship with God, he fell from pleasing God. Come on, but, but God has restored us through the second man, Adam. He has restored us and he has given us the ability to bring pleasure back to him. Could, could you imagine, praise the Lord, the, 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 the brokenness that I, I've seen women deal with when their husbands say, I, I don't want you no more, or, or the wife say, I, I don't want you no more, and, and the brokenness in that woman or the brokenness in that man's heart when she says that, well, well honey, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can say? And she says, I'm sorry. There's nothing that can be done. We have unreconcilable differences uh, to the point where there's nothing she can say. There's nothing that she can do better yet to be reconciled and nothing that can be said or done. Praise the Lord to bring that spouse pleasure. But, but, but God has given us an ability to, to bring him pleasure. Come on. You don't understand, praise the Lord, that the high calling that we have in Christ Jesus. You don't understand, praise the Lord, that that high seat, because anyone can't please God. Come on, Lucifer, he, he can't please God. Praise the Lord. Them fallen angels, that they're not bringing God any pleasure. They're, they're God's adversary. But, but God has given you the ability by faith to please him. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Satan can't have faith because Satan is a liar. It takes word to have faith. It, it takes hope to have faith. But, but Satan, there's no hope for Satan. There's no hope for the devil and his angels. Uh, but there's hope for you. Oh, God. Come on, this is your moment. This is your hour. Oh, <laughs> 
Come on. I'm telling you, the gateway to unlocking the miracle, the gateway to unlocking the door. Praise the Lord. The gateway to your deliverance is that I'm just going to please God. I'm just going to please God. And by the time that happens, some of us, we're, we're, we're reserved with that. Why? Because you're used to pleasing somebody else and you get nothing in return. But honey, you can't beat God's given. Come on. You can't beat God. Praise the Lord. That you, 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 he'll give, you'll give. And he said, and I'll give. He said, give. And he said, and I'll cause men to give unto you. Press down, shaking together, running over some men. Give unto your bosom. Come on. There's some things that God will release unto you when you're willing to relinquish what he's pleased by and what he desires. Come on. Then after you've made up in your mind that you're going to please God, you got to look at that need that you're in, uh, that God allowed that need to come into your life, uh, that He, that you would come to Him for the supply. Come on, today, you've got to leave this room, make it up in your mind uh, that I will no longer look to self uh, to meet my needs, uh, but I will look unto the Lord uh, to be the supplier and the deliverer of my life. Uh, I will look unto the Lord. Uh, to meet my need I will look unto the Lord to supply my need come on you gotta look at that thing right there it's a gateway and an avenue for God to perform a miracle come on by faith Noah built an ark to the saving of his household come on I don't care how wicked your household looks I don't care how wicked your children are I don't care how wicked this world is by faith Noah built an ark uh, to the saving of his house uh, come on in the name of Jesus uh, you need to learn uh, to put something in your hands uh, and begin to build something by faith uh, come on faith uh, will influence how you give faith uh, will influence your sacrifice uh, faith uh, will influence uh, what you sacrifice unto the Lord uh, faith will influence uh, your sacrifice of praise uh, faith will influence uh, your sacrifice of worship uh, faith will influence uh, the sacrifice of your body the Bible says present your bodies uh, a living sacrifice uh, holy and acceptable unto God uh, which is your reasonable service uh, it's reasonable because God is pleased by my faith. You can't even present your body acceptable under God if you're not doing it in faith. Come on, but somebody in this room, you got to get beyond the point where you quit saying, well, what is it in me? What is it that I'm going to get? What benefits will I receive? Come on, it's about pleasing him first. See, love doesn't do things to get something in return. Love we love him because he first loved us. Come on, we're not loving him to receive something back. We love him because we've already received love from him. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, Abel was able, praise the Lord, to offer up the right sacrifice by faith. Enoch was translated because.
because of his faith. Come on. Noah built the ark to the saving of his house because of faith. Praise the Lord. Abraham was able to leave one location to pursue another location because of faith. Come on, faith. Not only change how you give, faith will not only, praise the Lord, change, bring you from this world to the next world. Faith will not only just save you. Faith, praise the Lord, will not only just impact your ministry and your house, but faith, praise the Lord, will change your direction. Faith, praise the Lord, will cause you to step out of what you're familiar with. It'll make you get out of your comfort zone. God, you're pleased if I leave my father's house and pursue a city whose builder and maker is God. Come on, faith, I'll make you go a direction that nobody else in your family is going. But will you do it because God is pleased with it? Will you do it because that's what God is wanting? Come on, because on the other side of faith is a miraculous. On the other side of faith is a deliverance. On the other side of faith is a provision. The Lord saved the world when Abraham left his comfort zone and pursued a city whose builder and maker was God when he pursued it by faith. The miracles that are happening today, they're happening because somebody stepped out on faith yesterday. Can I tell you that when you step out on faith today, God can bring deliverance tomorrow. When you step out on faith today, God can bring breakthrough to your family tomorrow. What you do in faith today can determine what God does in your family tomorrow. I've come to tell this church this morning that God is desiring your faith. He desires faith for pleasure. by faith Sarah was able to conceive a child in her old age she thought it was crazy but by faith God will make you do some things that you felt like you were done you thought your season was over see by faith God will make a person that's 70 years old and say well son I want you to go plant a church come on you say well pastor you'll say Lord I'm in my age I'm up in my age I'm far beyond in years. Lord God, my best days are behind me. But when you recognize that God would be pleased if you do that thing, even if the season appears to be off in the natural, if God is requiring it and desiring it right now, then that season is on in the spiritual. Can I talk to somebody in this room? Quit looking through the philosophical viewpoint of man and start looking and walking with God. God by faith. Quit mixing matching your philosophy with faith. Quit allowing your Christian counselor to determine what you do in faith. Quit allowing your, your therapist to govern your faith. Come on, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You can't please every therapist and please God at the same time. Sometimes God will tell you to do something by faith uh, that your therapist may say could be dangerous uh, to your condition uh, but God said uh, I am your deliverer he 
said, I am your healer. He said, I am your restorer. He said, I am your keeper. Come on, somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to in this room, but some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but somebody has got to remember the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Come on, Sarah. It's time for you to get out of your place of familiarity. You're not like the other women. You're not like your other relatives, Sarah. You're not even like Hagar, Sarah. Quit trying to employ somebody else to do what God is telling you to do. You don't understand that God is pleased no matter how ridiculous his direction sounds. By faith, Abraham, he journeyed with his family. His children were with him. He dwelt in tents. He didn't even get to build the temple. He dwelt in a place where there was always constant movement. There's some of you right now, you want your career. You're trying to esteem your career above your relationship. You're esteeming the career above your ministry. When God is saying, I've got direction that will take you outside of your career, but you're looking for what you think is some kind of stability. Well, the Bible says that Abraham went through the land, sojourning through the land with Jacob and Isaac, with Isaac and Jacob. But listen, as he sojourned through the land, he kept on moving. Why? Because he knew that he was pleasing God. I'm quite positive that he probably came in contact with people from his original land and they began to look at where he was at right now and they're like you still haven't found that city yet but can I tell you the onlookers that are in your life they're not there for you to please them you're there to please God and as you please God God will reveal himself to them but you've got to obey the Holy Ghost you've got to obey the word of God there's somebody in this room that is sitting on the will of God there's somebody in this room that is sitting on the plan of God. Come on, God told you to go months ago. Some of you, God told you to do it years ago, but you refuse to respond because you don't want to look a certain kind of way. But who are you going to please? The people who are onlookers in your life of the Lord that created your life. The Lord says, by faith, it is impossible to please me. You gotta make your commitment personal. You gotta make your relationship personal. You gotta make your decisions personal. Come on, you gotta make your worship personal. You can't have all of these influencers in your life governing your relationship with God. God
God has to be the key influencer in your decisions. He's got to be a key influencer in your desires. He's got to be the key influencer of his passions. Lord, deliver me from the trends that come with the spirit of this world. Lord, deliver me from the trends of this age. And Lord, give me a passion. I want you to be the influencer in what I do, not the person on Instagram. I want you to be the influencer of what I do, not the people on Facebook. I want you to be the influencer of what I do, not the advertisers on television. Come on, somebody. You don't realize that God wants to be the key influencer. You don't have to please the person on the magazine. You don't have to become like the person in the movie, but you can become just like Jesus. Come on. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. By faith, Joseph, when he died, when he died, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. Joseph, as he was dying, he told the children of Israel, you're not going to always be in this place. He told them by faith, come on, they had left the land due to a famine and it didn't look like things were going to be any better because the Lord had given a prophetic word to Abraham years ago that the children of Israel would go into bondage in Egypt for 400 years and the Lord would visit them but by faith Joseph he did not look at the current situation and look at the current circumstances and spoke on what he saw but he spoke according to what he heard from the word of God and by faith he declared unto his children he said we're not going to stay here but the Lord it's going to deliver us from this place. This is what I want you to do for my bones. Come on, there's some elders in this room. There's some people in this room that by faith, there's some things that you need to declare to your children. Some things that you need to declare to your family. Some things that you need to declare to this generation before you pass off the scene. 